welcome to, I guess, we keep doing this. We keep revision, re revising or re-envisioning things. I don't know how you put it, but this is the uh, the new and improved yet again version of THRS Deep Cuts. I'm Andrew. <laughs> I'm Dave. And friends. <laughs> yes, and friends. We have our Halloween, Halloween decorations up because it is that time of year to do this one. And right after this, Dave and I are going to sit down and film our Halloween special for TV right after this too. Uh, so in tonight, in this little Deep Cuts format, we're going to talk about the latest albums from Poxycon, Slipknot, Wednesday 13, and The Who. Uh, we'll have a discussion. We, we're going to try and roll out like these things weekly with a hot topic as well, but we're not going to do a hot topic today. It's going to be an update on what we're actually doing with our format chain. We're going to change a lot of things up to try and, I guess, cater to what we've noticed with the audience and um, to also just try and make it more interactive overall. Before we get stuck into things, make sure you follow us, like, subscribe, all the usual things that everyone gets you to do. Uh, give us a rating wherever you can or just hit the bell to, to get new no- notifications of videos, whatever else. I don't know. Take your pick. Follow us on whatever social media. Everything you need to know is in the detail or the description box of this, I should say, uh, whether you're watching or listening to it. Uh, same thing Same thing for our fantastic sponsors. Big shout out to Squid Inks Grimpening, Alt Cult and Rockstar Finance. Their details, just like ours, are in that description box. Make sure you give them a like or a follow too. That'd be greatly appreciated as well. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get stuck into, you know, sort of what's going on with the a bit of a format shift that I'd like to try for a little while and see how it goes. If it doesn't work, well, we can always go back to what we were doing before. But I think we'd try something different for a little bit and, and see how it goes. Before we do, Dave, it's been a little while for us. We had a few weeks off Uh Courtesy of my end, because there's a lot going on. I'll get to that in a second. But Dave, how have you been? Yeah, I've been good. There's that longer you spend sitting on your butt, the harder it is to get up. <laughs> <laughs> I've been enjoying my downtime, actually. <laughs> it's um, yeah, work is busy. Um, kids are happy at school, yeah. and uh, being October, I've been watching lots of horror. And yeah. there's an app yeah. on my TV called Tubi, which is free. It's like Netflix, but free. But the quality isn't as good. But they are getting some um, good movies. But it's like checking the bottom shelf of an old video store. Yeah. So there's some old old slasher movies on there. There's some absolute crap, but there's some there's some absolute gems on there as well. So that's been getting a bit of a workout. But apart from that, just you know, getting ready for Halloween and then Christmas. You know, end mm. of the year is coming pretty damn quick. So how you been, man? I know you've been really busy. Yeah, no, it's been my fault. My apologies to everyone that's been wondering what's been going on. Uh, I haven't been able to do much at all lately because we've been celebrating Jody's birthday, which is a bit of a milestone this year. We've had family coming in from all over the place, my family, her family coming in from all over the country to um to come and celebrate this one with her. So it's it's been a really interesting, good but hectic last few weeks for me personally. It's involved a camping trip and zoo trips and family staying with us, which means when there's it's okay for us because our kids are a bit older. When you get little rugrats running around, it's it's kind of hard to sit down and, and do a lot. Dave, you can imagine if you were trying to do this as regular as to do it now and your kids were a few years younger than they are now, it's, it'd be challenging. Um, so it, it's been a really good break. I know it was unplanned. I didn't think it would go this long, to be honest, but it just ended up just having to be that way. So it's everything's been really, really good. It's been fantastic. Everything's been awesome. Uh, it's been a really good time. Jody enjoyed her birthday, which is the most important thing of all, obviously. But um. Yeah, we're just focusing on just having some family time with a, a milestone that's come through. Um, so I, I just wanted to say on that note to everyone that sort of I put a post up with I do with everyone that you know is part of the show. Put a post up saying happy birthday and Jody's one this year got a lot of love. So I do appreciate everyone out there just uh, giving some love to Jody on the on the socials as well this year. She doesn't get on camera very often, uh, very not very often at all actually anymore, especially. Um, but yeah, what we do here isn't possible without her help uh, behind the scenes here because there's no way I'd be fed and clothed and stuff if I'm doing this and working at the same time. She looks after all the other stuff, so uh, it's very important to acknowledge the support we get 
get behind the scenes. Same thing with you, Dave. You know what it's like with you and Julia. If she's not helping you out, nothing gets done. So, um, so yes, always appreciate the families and that. And that's why we took a few weeks off to enjoy that one. But now it is like you said, Dave. Now it's full swing into Halloween mode, which we're in now. We've got some new decorations put up, which is going to be fantastic. Um, and then, yeah, we're already planning on the Christmas side of things as well. So it's hectic, 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 hectic. And then it's just going to be madness between now and the end of the year. We've already worked out. We're probably going to wrap filming for us. Uh, last stream will be something like the 8th of December and the last actual filming before that will be like the 4th of December, which is madness because I'm going to Horsehead on the Friday. You're going to Guns N' Roses on the Saturday and we're going to all sit down and film on the Sunday. It's going to be fucking stupid. Uh- <laughs> 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 it's only November um, and we're already sort of, it's not even November yet and we're already sort of just feeling it now so it's it's the end of the year is always a last minute crush you're going to do things but different on TV as well so make sure you uh, stay tuned on the socials because they'll be um putting out some posts one for the audience choice top 10 of the year which is always a good, a good bit of fun to have but also the um the how do I put this the we're going to try rerunning uh, some previous special episodes. I have a sneaking suspicion that our tribute to Taylor Hawkins might get a, another run uh, in this part as well. But we'll go through the audience, just go, okay, what are some special episodes or themed episodes we've done on TV that you'd like to see one more time or, or you missed last time? Guarantee Rush is going to get picked. Probably. Uh, <laughs> just, to, just to annoy you. And if it's the two episodes, then I'll split them into two weeks. And if it's, you know, whatever. So it's just a case of we'll see what happens, what makes the final cut. But, yeah, for three weeks in December and the first week of January, those will be running. We've got some plans for, for Christmas and New Year as well. So the rest of the year is mapped out. It's just a matter of getting it all done now. Um, but that's where we're at. Speaking of where we're at, let's get into what we're going to do things a bit differently now. We've noticed and paid attention to, you know, audience trends and things like that. And so we figured we're going to try and make things a bit different because the live stream thrives on being really dynamic and interactive and engaging with questions and, and answers from the audience and that sort of stuff. So we're going to try and lean into that a bit more and move the reviews to these sort of deep cut sessions. We're still going to do a Patreon choice album review every week on the live stream. That's a guaranteed given. And there are certain people on Patreon that have access to doing reviews with us and that. So we'll do those things where it, it does apply. But generally speaking, we're going to move our reviews much more to this side of things, onto the deep cuts, where people can sort of tune in whenever they want to. And it gives uh, bands, a, a finds, I think it's a lot easier for bands to share it if it's mapped out that way as well. Um, and so that gives this, plat- this becomes that platform. So we'll do a hot topic, which this is in place of me updating everyone what's going on. And, um, and then we'll do some reviews and we'll do some audience questions at the end, which I've got a very good one at the end of this episode, which Dave doesn't know about yet. <laughs> but we'll get into the audience question. But audience I'm questions... Yeah, audience questions come at the end of these ones now. So we're going to try and change it up here. So Deep Cuts becomes audience questions, uh, a hot topic and album reviews. The live streams are going to morph into being much more fun. So we're going to, tr- we're going to bring new music. We're all going to, we're, the idea is that whoever's a part of the stream brings a new song and a news article to talk about with them as well. Um, we're going to have little things like battles. Between, like So for this, we've got a battle between, I can actually tell you who it is, believe it or not. We've got a battle between, oh, bloody hell, now I've got to go back to my other. Uh, well, the classic album will be st- Steal This Album from System of Down. The battle will be Status Quo Pile Driver uh, <laughs> versus, which is going to be probably what lopsided in the end, but it's going to be versus, where is that fucking album? Um, I think it's Machine Head Machine Head Deep Purple yeah that's it so uh, yes there it is I went too far down the playlist so yeah Machine Head Deep Purple that's that's where that's going to be so I have a funny feeling it's going to be one sided but we did some audience polling on the socials to try to pick out 
uh, eight albums that are celebrating their 50th anniversary this year. Uh, so there are some good choices in there, and that's the where the seeding ranked things. So it's Status Quo versus Deep Purple coming up in the live stream. Uh, I'm going to try and release these deep cuts on a Tuesday night, even though we're filming on a Sunday. Um, and generally speaking, so we try and make it a lot more interactive and fun and engaging because people like to talk about things I have an idea about and then we'll put the newer stuff that, you know, people can explore and get a bit more involved in onto this sort of deep cut side of things here. But every few weeks on the deep cuts, we'll do a deep dive into a band's discography or find a particular theme or something to make it really interesting. As well. So what's one thing we're going to try and aim to get done this year, it's, it's pertinent because the band is celebrating their 40th anniversary and that's Wasp. We're going to try and go through the Wasp discography between now and the end of the year. So stay tuned for that if we can pull it off. But yeah, like I was saying, tonight we've got some reviews to get through before we get to the uh, the uh, other stuff, the question at the end. I've got one question this week. If you've got questions, make sure you let us know in the comments uh, wherever you're tuning into this from or, or our social in general uh, what you'd like answered with this sort of Q&A part at the end of these little podcast streams. or well, not streams, they're podcasts, I guess, for lack of a better term. Uh, but yeah, tonight we're going to go through the latest from Toxicon, Slipknot, Wednesday 13 and The Who. The idea being of these ones, we have one Australian release every single week, no matter what, we're going to try and do that every single week. Uh, and then we'll sort of all bring in an album every single week as well for us. To, we actually choose the albums that we want to talk about this time around. Uh, so Dave's choice is Wednesday 13. My choice is The Who. And we had uh, Slipknot planned out a few weeks ago, so we're going to get to that one today as well. We're going to kick things off with the latest from Aussie band Toxicon. Their second album is Be the Fire and Wish for the Wind. It's 11 tracks for a bit under an hour. Uh, like I say, in the second album, the Victorian band released September 2022 independently, produced by Chris the Melk at Monolith Studios. A few singles have been released from this one, including The Letest and Disconnect. This is the first release from the band with new guitarist uh, Bart, Bart Walters, I think it is, after the departure of founding member Paul Jones. But a lot of love for these guys over the years. They are fantastic people as well. Uh, so it's safe to say this album has been rather looked forward to for quite some time now. Mick, behind the scenes, was really rating this one. He calls it one of his albums of the year already. So let's see if Dave and I agree with that kind of a sentiment. And Dave, we'll throw to you first. Yeah, this album's pretty damn cool. Um, when Mick put in the chat, I had to go searching mm. for the album and did find it on Bandcamp because it wasn't on Spotify. Yeah. But I checked all their socials and came across like a list of links. And they have an OnlyFans page, which I was quite horrified, yeah. but mildly <laughs> curious. So I clicked the link and yeah, uh, there's offers and shit. So get on their OnlyFans page as well. Wow. So I, it's kind of a useful tool, I guess, for bands. If you get a certain amount, you get benefits. And the, uh, if, you're, if you're brave and drunk, venture. If not, just stick to listening to their music. It's all good. But I didn't know that. Yeah, there, there are there are countless genres and subgenres of metal these days, and everyone has their own taste. But you know, I reckon this album will truly appeal to anyone who likes good songwriting and great performances. You mm. can't not be impressed by the playing throughout this. Um, it's just, if you're a fan of anything from Trivium to Dream Theater, guitar-wise, you'll really enjoy the playing. It's just got that That's crystal note-clear, fast-shredding mm. playing. If you like those bands, definitely, definitely check yeah. this out. There's a hell of a melody. Yeah. yeah. I would love to see Trivium with Toxicon opening. That would be a great double. Cool. Yeah. It's all about the guitar. Now, it's heavy and harsh at times, and but there's a lot of dynamics and various textures to their songs. Vocally, it takes the clean and harsh style, but both are done really, really well, and the harsh is coherent. And mm. you can understand the vocals, which to me is important. You've probably heard me bang on about this in previous, previous months and years. <laughs> but, yeah, this is how it's done, people. This is what I like. And there's nice variations of the song lengths as well. You get a couple of long songs ranging from about six to eight minutes, 
and then some mm. ran from three to five. So they're certainly not a one-trick pony. They put a lot of um, diversity into the the track flow too. I mean, yeah, you've got a long closer. There's two longer songs in the middle. So just an easy, easy listen from start to finish. Naturally, I am drawn towards the epic tracks. What the fuck happened to my computer? There we go. Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Learn on the fly, people. Yeah, naturally, <laughs> I'm drawn towards the epic tracks and the song Husk that goes for around the eight-minute mark. Mm. That track is really, really well done. It starts mm-hmm. quiet, builds up, never boring, couple of prog elements in there, and it just unfolds like a good story. Great yeah. song, right? Yeah. Uh, there's, it's ultra-heavy throughout, and there's a few keyboard moments in there just to fill out the sound. The song Synthetic has a good good use of that. Yeah. Um, if you like metal in general, just fucking listen to it. Uh, yeah. I, I know streaming services screw bands these days, so I understand mm. the choice to not put on Spotify, but on the other hand, you're kind of kicking yourself in the teeth because it's there. It's a necessary evil. Mm. But it's, it's a chicken camp. It? It's on Bandcamp. I think it's mm. on YouTube as well. I think it is um, on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely find a way to give this album a listen because it's a fucking good listen. Um, at our ten, Fear itself, the latest Husk and Be the Fire are my standouts. Cool, nice choices. Actually, I'm actually going to check quickly now. Um, view playlist. What do we got? It is all on YouTube, I believe. Yeah. So there we go. Just for those wanting cool. to check it out, just go YouTube, Toxicon, Be the Fire, and, and Wish for the Wind. It, it's there. Uh, like everything we do, there'll be a link to something uh, to check out the album or, or or a single at least in the description box as well. So we'll have a little taste for you there to go and check out just to give yourself a little idea of what you're in for with these bands. This is no different. I'll probably put the track um, Disconnect for this one actually in, in the description box. So go and check that out. So it gives you an idea. I reckon that's a good choice for this one. Um I'm with you. This is heavy yet melodic, though, for me. I was actually really impressed with the use of melody across this one, but they didn't at any point lack any punch in this one. That uh, The way that the melody is used, it sort of draws you in to make sure that impact when they want to kick you in the head is really nice. They delivered it's a really well-composed and performed album from top to bottom. Um, I've enjoyed the previous work. I think it's an EP and an album up until this point. But I, I think this is a step up. This is this, the band taking a big leap forward and moving into territory of the season. You know, would be you mentioned uh, these guys with um, fuck. Sorry, I forget Trivium. the name of the band. Trivium, that's it. But I, I've got uh, Orpheus Omega ahead as well. So maybe if you had these guys, Orpheus Omega and Trivium, that'd be a fucking awesome, awesome night for mine. Um, there's great riffs in this. I love the the power in the guitar. Like it's funny that we're both, you know, leaning into the guitar on this one, but the drums and the bass really do flesh things out wonderfully well as well. And added to that, you know, you've got some harsher vocals, yeah, sure, but there's also some really cool hooks in this, which I actually was pleasantly surprised by. Uh, all in all, there's a lot of space. There's a 3D aspect of the mix in this one. So, you know, Chris, the Melkot monolith, has done it again on this one too. There's a lot going on in this one, but it's also pretty straight ahead at the same time. The separation that's been, you know, created in the mix and the tones really allows you to take everything in completely, and that's also another aspect that makes this really leap out and make it, you know, easy to take in and listen to as well. There's great tones across the board as always. There's heaps of impact, but there's great depth in this one as well. It's just really balanced, really easy to listen to. It's not one of those ones where it's all digitized. This one sounds nice and organic, and I really appreciated that when it came to listening to this sort of music because so much of what you listen to is you, it's, it all sounds great. We've gone past the noise war kind of thing where it was always clipping, but so this one 
there are some that just feel more organic than others. This is definitely more on that path. And I really appreciate those records a lot more as the years go by. Not an overly happy listen. You go through lyrics on Bandcamp for this one. There's some pretty deep and intense kind of stuff. But at the same time, it's it's riveting. It, it's it's not depressing per se. It's just got a bit of darkness, a bit of menace about it. It's, there's some bite to this, which is really cool and engaging. But there's some great gear changes across the board in this one. I love the, the use of groove too. The track Deletist comes in at the exact right time, so the track order is well done too. Deletist is a fucking great song for mine on this one. And there's great attitude on this one. I know I mentioned the lyrics as well before, but when they really go mean, they lean into it so well. The layering in of both screens and harmonies was just fantastic on this on this album. Like Dave mentioned, you got the big epic tracks as well, which really sort of, you know, Shows off their chops more in, their, in not only their performance, but their writing side of things too. <clears throat> like you you referenced the track Husk, I've got the same thing here as well. That really does build nicely. The the writing of the peaks and troughs into that song alone really does serve the album as a whole well because they've done it across the whole thing. There's something a little bit unconventional about these guys that that helps this to stand out from the pack too. They're not afraid of mixing things up, not in a dramatic or over-the-top kind of way, but they're still being themselves. But if you fold them for a while like I have, then you'll hear the differences they're making in their sound. They're actually really welcome changes. I mean, I think that's what's going to push them or should push them into higher echelons as far as I'm concerned. There's a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde sort of Beauty and the Beast kind of aspect to this one, but it's when those, you know, when the melodic stuff and the aggressive stuff, they both work together so well on this listen to make it an engaging listen from start to finish. I was wondering if you picked up on the the track, the title, uh, Fear of a Dank Planet. I thought you might appreciate yeah. the... Uh... <laughs> I that thought you yeah. The, the porcupine tree fan amongst us there might appreciate that one. But I've also got to give a nod to the use of keys across the board on this one too. Not overdone at all. It's a very subtle thing, but it does do things just enough to sort of really fill out the sound wall and brings another texture to these songs, which actually complements everything going on really nicely. Um, the lead work, there's not heaps of lead work on this one, but when it does come in, it really brings something special to those songs and stands out even more because it isn't, there's not a blistering solo every track kind of thing, but when it, when it does stand out, it fucking really stands out and it's really well done. Um, the whole thing is, is not only aggressive and melodic at the same time, but it's also really intelligent from start to finish, but also accessible. I think that like you said, Dave, if you like metal at all, this is one you should listen to period. I think that um, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, if you like heavy music, you've got to check this band out. I don't care if you're not so much a fan. Of, it's not an overly screamo kind of album. So if that sort of stuff puts you off, this is not going to be that one. It, it's actually really accessible. But also, if you like that kind of stuff, it's heavy enough for you that you are going to enjoy it, and the melodic stuff isn't going to put you off either. So I think this one's a, a bit of a, a, a gateway kind of an album, I think, in a lot of respects too. It, I just think it's a fantastic release on these guys. The last two tracks in particular, they comprise the title of the album, which is a nice touch on this one too. They've been impressive up to now, but this is just them taking the next leap forward. And I, I'm, I'm, I encourage anyone to check this band out now. This would be great to see live as well. I reckon they would pull this off live phenomenally well. I would, I would love to see this one. Um, these guys, you know, when it comes to the Victorian or Australian scene, I think you know these guys are right up there now with Orpheus Omega, Triple Kill, and so many others. They could do any support that you want to name for a heavy band coming to Australia and probably win the crowd over. So if you're looking for a support band, check out these guys. I think they're well and truly there, and this album should hopefully put them on the the way to getting the next step where they're starting to do those headline things themselves for those sort of bigger tours like Orpheus do these days. I'd love to see these guys get to that level next. Um, 
get on this one. It's one you need to hear for yourself. I think it's fantastic. I give it a 9 out of 10. Uh, I think it's worth that little bit of effort to give this one some time. So, yeah, 9 out of 10. Deletist, uh, The Lost, Be the Fire, and Wish for the Wind were my standouts on this one as well. So, well done to the boys. Hopefully, I know they wanted us to review this one, so hopefully they enjoyed that one. We'll see how we go. Um, On to one that'll probably be a little more divisive, I reckon, Dave, knowing your tastes and and how things tend to play out. Let's go on to Slipknot uh, with their new album, The End So Far. 12 tracks, 58 minutes, the seventh studio album the American band released September 2022 by Roadrunner Records. It'll be their last with that label. Produced by the band with Joe Baresi at three studios across California and Nevada. Three singles have been released, including the Chapeltown Rag and the Dying Song. While it's received mixed reviews overall on the charts, it's another successful album for the band, peaking number one here in Australia and in the UK as well. It's also peaked number two in the US and there's a host of top tens all over the world. Some of us love this band. Some of us, like Dave, tend to struggle with this band a bit. So let's see how this one goes. And Dave, is this going to go the way that I'm pretty sure it's going to go? (laughs) We shall see. This is... (laughs) Interesting, yeah. I've never been a massive fan of this band, but I've always been impressed by what they do. Mm. They're certainly a band like no other. They're certainly unique. But the um, the singles that they released leading up to this were interesting. Some of them yeah. were actually pretty good, so I've been curious about this album as a whole. The opening track, Adderall, that's not what I expected at all. It was yeah. slow, atmospheric, and progressive, and I'm like, shit, when did Slipknot turn the porcupine tree? Well, <laughs> if you yeah. didn't tell me Slipknot, I wouldn't have known. At all. Mm. So once that's out the way, you get to the dying, the dying song. That brings you back to familiar territory, and it's a lot yeah. more accessible from what I've heard from Slipknot in the past. So this is a pretty mm. cool song. Yeah, the the thing that puts me off Slipknot, and it's still there. You still got the excessive percussion. I don't understand why the band needs two percussionists when they already have a drummer. But yeah. for the most part, it's not out of place or distracting, like on Iowa, when it sounded like the snare drum from St. Anger to me, at least. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna get some comments for that one. <laughs> yeah, guaranteed, man. But just fucking clunk. And I'm like, why, yeah. why, why? It doesn't need to be there. <laughs> but what really shits me is the fucking mm. turntable scratches it's, and the mm. unnecessary digital noises. Just continues to annoy the hell out of me. They would mm. be a much better band if they got rid of a third of their lineup. The turntable shit just fucks up a lot of good songs. Now, Shapeltown Rag, pretty good heavy song, which should be a standout for me. But they fucked yeah. it up by the scratching. <laughs> you know, and the whole thing is if they lost their laptop or the USB and they had to perform without all this shit, it wouldn't be a detrimental to the overall sound. They'd actually sound better, in my it opinion. It wouldn't be yeah. like other bands have to cancel their set either. They could pull exactly. it up. Or... If they mm. just performed the six piece instead of a nine piece, you really mm. wouldn't miss it. Now, Yen. Yen started off great. That was a fucking cool song. Three minutes in, once again, in comes the unnecessary scratching. <laughs> um, there were there were some good moments, a lot of good moments. It's just it shits me because I'm enjoying a song and then it comes in I'm like fuck. Yeah. That would have been a standout. So I know people can ignore it. I know a lot of people don't like it. Some people love it. Some people can ignore it. I can't because it just it shouldn't be there. Okay. A song like Breakdown, uh, the breakdown section in, in our warranty that was yeah. cool with the choir and everything. I thought that was really well done. Mm. And Machine for the Dead, that was a very cool epic track. I like that one. That was really good. Now, Heirloom, that was a solid heavy rock song. Not as heavy as you would expect, Mm. but more of a rock tone, but Slipknot doing a rock song. Very cool guitar solo in that, but the turntable fucks it up again. And the turntable's actually louder than the guitar solo itself. (laughs) Why? Why? 
mean, if you've got to have it, balance them out. So the yeah, fucking no, I, just, I, yeah. And the next song, H377. That's got a cool guitar solo. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. No scratching. Thank you. You left mm. the fucking room. I'm wondering <laughs> if they just like locked him out of the fucking studio on that day. Like, no, you're not fucking up another solo. But, uh, I can see a lot of diehard Slipknot fans not liking this. It is different, mm. but there is enough of what I know of Slipknot here for fans to enjoy some songs on this. There's going to be experimental stuff on here that would piss off a few people. But uh, it seems that they want to showcase everything that they're capable of, and I like that when a band does that because mm. I don't like one-trick ponies. I want diversity. I want people to explore new uh, new areas. Yeah. But they still give fans enough of what they want, but it's going to be one of those ones where people will be picking and choosing songs, I think. But mm. if you've never, if like me, you've never been a fan of this band, this one might win you over. Give it a listen. You might find something you would like. Now, a lot of symphonic metal bands will release albums with orchestra- orchestral versions or instrumental yeah. versions. Yeah. I would, um, Al Storm did an acoustic version of their whole album. I would love mm-hmm. Slipknot to release it without the turntables as a bonus. Yeah. Get rid yeah. of all that shit. Just a normal, straight up fucking metal band. I reckon it would be a lot better. Okay. Just my opinion. <laughs> I would no, love to hear that. I'd be curious about that, how it would sound. Yeah. yeah. Be cool if they did that. But yeah, I guess it's eight out of 10. If they wow. fucked Wilson off, it would have been higher. Wow. Um, the Dying Song, Shappletown Rag, Yen, and H377 are my standouts. But yeah, if, if you've struggled with this band before, give this one a listen. If you can ignore the turntables, you'll enjoy it. But yeah, a lot of songs are three quarters of a good song. Wow. Like I said, I'd love to hear about that crap. But yeah, this was overall really good. That's a much higher score than I was expecting. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm surprised. I'm actually not that far from you, believe it or not. So that's um, wow, cool. Um, I'm actually quite impressed by that, to be honest, because I thought you might give this sort of like a five or a six kind of an area, maybe a seven. That's where I thought you'd land on this one. To to hear like we've got Sally, who is a big follower of ours, and she, I don't think she could really enjoy it that much uh, from the social posts I've seen. But uh, so, and she's a big fan of the band. Whereas you're not as big of a fan of the band and you did like this one. I'm in between. I'm not a diehard. I jumped off them for a while. We did that the last, about a year ago now, actually, as we do this one, we did the Slipknot special. And and I actually really began to appreciate their work a whole lot more than I had. And so, you know, with the last album, I was like, okay, fuck, I'm back on board with this band now. And so this one to me, I was actually really excited about this one. I was really keen to, to check this out. And, um, it didn't disappoint me, and I'm I'm not I know I'm not the biggest diehard fan, but I've got a lot of appreciation. I was on them at the very beginning, and I jumped off, and then I came back on again later on. But so for me, this one's it is an interesting little one because I can see again, like what you said, I can see why diehards get pissed off with it, not, but I can also see the band exploring their own boundaries, which all musicians should do anyway, as far as I'm concerned. But you can also see how it does make things more accessible to people like yourself that have struggled with the past. And the sort of end-off comment there saying, if you struggled before with this band, you might find something here to enjoy. Um, to me, this one picked up right where We Are Not Your Kind left off. It, it goes well with that, but that the whole choral thing, how a lot of, there was a lot of the choral kind of stuff in We Are Not Your Kind, there's a lot more of it in this one. I think it actually ties the whole album together really nicely. It's not overdone. It's not used all the time, but it's used here and there. And it's this little 
you know, just this little thread that just weaves its way through the entire album, just here and there, just pops up and then goes away again. It's just one of those little subtle things that just ties it all together. It, there, there are some points where it is very clear and blatant how it's being used. Other parts where it's much more subtle. It's just one of those little clever little things that I enjoyed how they did it. The opening, like you said, Adderall is really clean, atmospheric. It, it gives you, um, I don't. It, it's a really, you, you put the first track on. It's not going to be what you know diehard Slipknot fans want. They're going to get that on the second track, as far as I'm concerned. But this does really expand what the band are capable of by doing things. You know, with the piano and clean vocals in particular on that track was a really interesting way to open it up. Really atmospheric. Really nice. Really nice touch on it. Um. Then you get to the dying song, which you mentioned, which is exactly what you want from a Slipknot album, as far as I'm concerned. That gives you everything. It's vintage. It's aggressive. It's it's banging and crashing, and and it's that you know barely controlled chaos, all in that st- all in their sound all over again. That's that's where you start getting things, and it, it goes through for actually more songs than you think. When I sat down to listen to this in the deep dive, I was actually surprised at the overall how aggressive this was in tone. It was more aggressive than I thought it was on the casual listen. It actually is a a meteor album that I think a lot of people are giving it credit for. Um, great mix, nice panning on this one as well. I loved the, the the use of hard left and right on this to on tracks like Shuffle Town Rag to to really open things up and it allows you to hear everything. So when you get that chaos, what I like about it is what these guys do is you can hear everything. And I know that pisses you off when you can hear the, the turntables and, and the and the pipes on the kegs and stuff, but I actually enjoy it and for me, it's one of the few bands that can actually pull it off and do it well. And when it's done well and you can hear it properly and it's balanced in nicely, I enjoyed that part. I do understand how putting the scratches too high in the mix could irk some people. I didn't mind it overall. Thought it was well done. Um, there's still plenty of grit, plenty of punch in this one. There's also a nice amount of warmth in this, which smooths things out and it goes into things like the opening track Adderall and, and other tracks on this one too, like uh, Finale how it gets to sort of um, that warmth is really inviting and the listen makes it a lot easier to sit through and, again, more accessible to people as well out there. It's not as blunt an instrument overall. It has a really good subtle attention to detail kind of a mix that really does serve it well. Um, like I said, I think they're one of the few bands who can pull off all the extra stuff going in there. So while I'd be curious about your point there about, you know, knocking it down to a five or a six piece and seeing what it sounds like, I'd actually be really curious about that just to see what the different arrangements are. Um, but I just think that these guys do things very, very well. And I don't think I mentioned the, the chaos of what they do before. It's not as chaotic. It's more restrained on this album than it has been in previous releases. Like you mentioned, Iowa. I mean, fuck that was just off the wall. Um, so this isn't quite to that level. It's, it is sort of, I think there was a reference to subliminal verses in the promo leading up to this one too. It does sort of tie that one a bit more than, than other albums, but at the same time, I don't know. There's a lot of little cool things in this one too. Like I said, the aggression is more controlled, but they just expand and explore things. They're using the studio a bit more as well. They've got some little things like um, there's a little laugh at the end of one song, got a, a, a Matrix sort of moment vocally and have another song as well. They start doing, there's more attention to detail. And as they get older, they're a more mature band. They're starting to spread their wings more. And, and because the audience or their fan base has become more accepting as what they've done over the years, I think they're expanding their horizons even further. It will be interesting to see what they do next when they're on a, either their own label or a different label after this one that they're no longer going to be associated with Roadrunner. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the next couple of years whenever they get around to releasing another album. Um, 
the tempo and flow of this album is really well done too. It, it's not as intense as other releases yet. I said that before, but the gear changes really move this along nicely. And it is heavier than you think as well at the same time. So whilst this may not seem like the heaviest album, it is heavier than you probably expect to, but in the right way, not in a, not in a, uh, an annoying way, if that makes sense. There are some bands who just go heavy for heavy sake. This one actually has a point to everything they do, which makes sense in the overall you know context of the whole listen. Uh, it keeps it fresh on repeat spins. I could listen to this one quite a lot, and I really did enjoy it a lot too. They've got some great uh, groove and swing, as they always do, but when they lean into that, I love it the most. Um, some of this is going to go off live, and there are some seriously cutting lyrics too, which is fantastic to take in. Uh, just adds that extra bit of uh, bite or spice to what's going on here as well. And I said before, I mentioned um, Finale before. I love the way they use that song to wrap up this album. Um, it, it closes the circle nice on this one. It makes it again, between that and Adderall, you get to go back to the start and begin the cycle again. It's really easy just to keep going through that loop over and over again. It's, this is a really solid album, great depth in this one too. There's more than enough to make this a definitive Slitted album, but it also expands their horizons and you know they get to try a few new things, and I think they've done it very, very well. I do get why people can struggle with it. I don't know how many of the diehards will really get what they want out of this one, but I think it's one of those ones where they'll come back to it in a few years or a few months and go, actually, there's more here than I remember on the first time. Because your first impression, it always leaves a taste in your mouth. So I understand why some diehards may not have the, the, the one they wanted from this one, but if they come back to it, I think it will be rewarding in the longer term over the next few years. It's one of those ones where you'll, you'll actually sit back, take it in a bit, and once you've let it settle on you, it's going to really sort of go, okay, there's more to this than you think. And it's one of those ones that once it sits with you a bit, it'll be more appreciated in the long run, I think. For what it'll, I think this is one of those ones where I mentioned before, it'll be interesting to see what they do next because this kind of sets the plate for them. It sets a table where they could sort of do anything, which is kind of cool because you don't know what the fuck's going to happen next. They're chaotic anyway. So it's just like, okay, bring it on as far as I'm concerned. I'd like to see what they do next after having this one down uh, as sort of like a... a the end of a chapter, I guess, for these guys. So we'll see what happens. But I gave it an eight and a half, eight and a half out of ten, so only a little bit more than you. Eight and a half out of me. I'd pick the dying song, Desard, and H three seven seven or Hell, whatever it is you're going to put there, as well as my standouts on this one. So actually, it went a lot better than I thought. <laughs> All righty, on to Dave's pick for this week. And that is yep. Wednesday 13 with Horrifier. We all know Dave is a huge fan of this band. We're going to flip the tables here because. I've struggled with Wednesday 13 a little bit over the years. Dave has always been a fancy to discover them on a previous Halloween special years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's get into the latest. Uh, thank you, Brendan, <laughs> for uh, for introducing Dave to Wednesday 13. We covered that before. <laughs> but anyway, this is Wednesday 13 with Horrifier. 11 tracks, 39 minutes, the shortest release we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, ninth studio album from the American Artist, released October 2022 by Napalm Records. Produced by Wednesday 13, mixed and masked by Brent uh, Clawson. Three singles have been released, including You're So Hideous and Insides Out. When Wednesday 13 is an artist that has been a bit hit and miss, like I said before, uh, but has recently been on something of a hot streak. A lot of us have really come to enjoy the last few albums in particular. So let's see if that continues, because I've seen some mixed uh, feedback on this one, Dave, but how did you go? Well, you know, if you don't like horror, dark humour and profanity, you probably Mm. won't like Wednesday 13. (laughs) Now, I do like horror, dark humour and profanity, so naturally I'm a massive Wednesday 13 fan. And I'm more than happy with this album because it is indeed filled with horror, dark humor, and profanity. (laughs) I'm also really happy because every now and then an album comes along that not just meets my expectations, but exceeds them. Mm. I knew this was going to cover everything Wednesday Pernod has done throughout his career. Now, if if you're following him, you know that the global pandemic caused everyone to stop. And this is the first time in a career that spanned over 20 years 
from the late 1990s with his original band, Frankenstein Drag Queens from Planet 13, through to the Murder Dolls, through to his solo career, and side projects like Bourbon Crow and Gunfight, Gunfight mm. 7076. We right record tour for him. So he stopped, reflected, looked over what worked, what he enjoyed, and he's created an album that pretty much covers everything he's done, and there's some few surprises and some fresh ideas. Yeah. So this could actually be the definitive Wednesday 13 album, which is, it's right up there, but he's mm. done some fucking fantastic albums in the past as well. So if I ever had to sit down one day and rate it my favourites, mm. that would be <laughs> really, really painful. You know, 13 times one day? Oh, yeah, no, I, I can't even begin to think of it. Okay, <laughs> but you got a song like Inside's Out. You know, it's truly yes. the most darkest and menacing song he's ever done. You know, basically metallic torture. There's no humour in this song at all. And no. it brings to mind the Condolences album, where that was a brutal album, you know, from start to finish. Yeah. And he ditched the humour. And he brought it back with um, Necrophase, but this mm. um, this song in particular, but this, it wasn't a fast aggression like anything on Condolences. This was a slow grind. And yeah. it's a brutal, brutal music video to this song as well. But, you know, yeah. we're not in for all-out brutal album. Exhum and Devour, that's camp, fun, horror punk, old-school Wednesday yeah. first movie. Reminds me of the Dixie Dead. you got the old-school horror mm-hmm. movie preview introduced, introducing that song. And ex- as expected with that type of thing, lots of melody and lyrics about necrophilia. So <laughs> you like that shit? Get on it. Yep. Then you've got song like you're so hideous which was one of the early pre um mm-hmm. leading up to this and exorcist theme music video that's fantastic but that's instantly what a that What's song that? Yeah. yeah it's awesome and and the melody just the opening mm. riff it's like just instantly yeah. gets stuck with you and then a good day to be a fucking bad guy mm-hmm. the humor and the fun side of wednesday is all yeah. over that song but um, that is just halloween fun love it yeah then the other big influence on Wednesday, not just music, but movies, and you can see it all through his career, but you've got two songs blatantly inspired by John Carpenter films, Return to Haddonfield and Christine, Night of Fury. Both fantastic mm. movies and fantastic songs in this case. The cool thing with Return to Haddonfield is he'd done a song called Haddonfield back on the Fang Bang album. No, so okay. like, returning to his previous work, and you got wow. the new Halloween sequel, so it's kind of a perfect idea to go back to that. It all ties mm. in. But, um, yeah, it's just cool that if you're a video nerd if you grew up in that time hanging out mm. in video libraries and reading fangoria and all that type of shit it all brings it together if you're like if you're not a horror fan and you don't like this type of metal you don't like profanity as i said you're not gonna get it but if you do this is fucking brilliant from start to finish yeah now the title track horrifier and hell is coming mm. they both have really good guitar solos i mentioned earlier some surprises mm. when i listen to a wednesday 13 album it's not really for musicianship and guitar solos. Yeah. They are there, but these two, they just really stood out. They're fucking great. They put an extra stamp on the songs too. I'm just like, holy shit, another part of my musical interest is coming into the Wednesday 13 world. Mm-hmm. Fucking cool. But um, Halfway to the Great, that song really stands out to me, especially when I was given a really deep listen with the earplugs in. But mm-hmm. lyrically, it's a little bit more personal and less tongue-in-cheek than usual. It's kind of yeah. remorseful, kind of reflective. The vocals on that track aren't as rally as what he usually does but yeah I, I can't really put my finger on what it is about that track but really really stood out for me i'm not sure what it is mm. very cool now the last song the other side it's a nice way yeah. to close the album it's something very very different for wednesday yeah um 
in recent years, he lost his friend, Joey Jordison, and he lost his mother as well. So mm. not only do we have the, the pandemic changing the world, his life changed drastically as well. Yeah. And he's currently on the 20th year career tour. So a lot happening. But this song was done really well because, in a way, he broke character and showed his vulnerability and yeah. his caringness and his friendship. And he's, he's a human. He's, you know, that's, yeah. The, the, the spook, but he didn't break character which is fucking really hard to do, to be able to mm. do something so personal and still be the Wednesday 13 persona that's been through all of his albums. He's never broken character before. It's, really it's one of those rare people. occasions when an artist blurs the line between the art and the real person. Like, you see exactly. it a few times in different things, but it's hard to do. Like, But it's a very hard line to walk. But they, he, he did it very well, yeah. Yeah, he really nailed it. It's such a, a great song and a perfect choice to be ending the album with. And I, I'm, I'm always banging on about wanting diversity from an album and not wanting bands to do the same thing over and over. Nothing bores the shit out of me more than 12 songs, all the same length, structure, theme, tempo. Horrified gave us every side of Wednesday 13 that we know and also something new. And mm. I think it's cool he can do that and, and still branch into new territory. And I don't think this is an album just for long-term obsessive fans like me. I think this is going to bring new people into the family. I think... Um, People that dismissed him as just being a horror punk movie nerd or whatever mm. might start taking him more seriously. And because yeah. you know, long term fans, we knew, we knew, but this will break down a few doors, I reckon. Because you mm. know, fucking good heavy metal. This one, yeah, yeah. But you know, I, I don't say it very often, but this album's fucking perfect. I can't fault this at all. So obviously, ten out of ten. I mentioned earlier. I don't know. Because I sure. love the Transylvania albums and Skeletons mm. and Condolences, but fuck, I, I couldn't pick which one would be first. But Standouts, I really can't pick Standouts. It's just a great <laughs> listen from start to finish. Fantastic <laughs> album. Wednesday, thank you. I know you watched the show. <laughs> so thank you. And I'm looking forward to seeing you at Glamfest next year um, mm. on January 23rd. Yep. 26. Fucked that up, didn't I? <laughs> 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 oh fuck um yeah well i don't know I, I can't top that review obviously uh you are the this is for those that know dave or those that don't know dave this is this time of year is dave's christmas i know mm -hmm. dave loves christmas but halloween is like what christmas was for most of us when we were kids and so when you get the whole horror the the, the horror side of dave comes right out when when a band like wednesday 13 releases an album and it just he just goes all in and it's always a joy to watch Dave go off at this time of year because I love Halloween as well. But I just think that you've got us all beat when it comes to who loves this stuff the most because you're right into the horror uh, side mm -hmm. of things as well. You're you're a resident freak when it comes to this sort of stuff, and I love it. Um, but but what I love about this one is what what you said there. This shows some interesting growth to me from from Wednesday Thirteen. It's a bit like Slipknot. There's still enough there to, to please the hardcore fan base, but there's other things being opened up here that allow people to come in and explore a whole new world. Um, the, the got the haunted little instrumental opening, which is you know par for the course kind of thing these days. But you get really into things with the you know chunky and chuggy inside out sort of song, and that comes in. That's fucking great. There's some real gear changes across this one, but that song in particular, and there are other songs too that use that slower, grindier kind of pace to really sort of fill things out nicely, which I, I found the use of tempo and, and different kinds of groove across this record really interesting. And the fact that it's a shorter one um, really makes that stand out more, if that makes sense, because it's just the the motions are faster overall. It's that the pacing of this is is really well done. 
you've still got the fun horror stuff in you, like you mentioned before, with tracks like Exhume and Devour. That's a fun horror one for me. Like, it's just you got that there. There's nothing overly complicated about Wednesday thirteen about Wednesday thirteen does or do or whatever, but the simplicity is the charm, if that makes sense. Like you don't you don't want to put on virtuoso stuff all the time. You don't want to hear Mega Dave going fucking off his on his solos. You don't, don't want to hear but just artists like this, Rob Zombie for me, are just pure fun. And when you see them live, it's even more so the case. But this album has that and then some, but it also has more sensitive touches. Like we'll get to that later on in, in my review here. But yeah, this is just this has everything you want. It's got some grindier stuff, some fun stuff, some very dark and twisted stuff. Um and then some heartfelt stuff toward the end, which is really well done. Uh, Dave, you'll be more of an expert on this than me, but I feel like there's actually more focus on melody this time around. Did you get that feeling as well? Yeah, I did. Um, with um, Necrophase, it was a lot more processed, but this one just stripped things back to some mm. old school stuff where it was very reliant on basically three chords and a hell of a lot of melody. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I liked that return. I thought that was cool. Yeah. No, it just felt between the guitar work and the vocals in particular, there was a lot more focus on melody and even some hook kind of elements to this one too, which is very, very well done and, and allows you to get dragged into these songs a lot easier as well. Um, you've got all the horror themes lyrically, uh, but between the guitar and the vocals, this just sort of sucks you in a lot, a lot easier. When the energy goes up a notch on other tracks too, it's really fun. Um, I mentioned before there's some slower touches, not heaps of slower stuff here, but those slower touches are really well placed on the album. This one is just really well thought out, well presented across the board from top to bottom. It's just easy to repeat spin as well, like I said before with, with something too. But there's some catchy fucking hooks in this one too. Like Good Day to Be a Bad Guy has an almost punk touch to it as well. But the hook is so damn infectious, that hideous. Like there's so many songs in this. You can just hear it straight away. If it's not the vocal hook, it's the guitar hook that, that gets you. Um some of these songs on this album are going to be great additions to the live set, so it'll be curious to see how it goes in, in January. Dave, have you seen him before or not? No. No, no, no. Oh, hanging. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. going to be fighting my way yeah. to the front. <laughs> um, Return to Haddonfield is a bit slower, but it's also a great sort of mid-album track as well, You know, despite the history of the song. It's actually the placement on the record is really well done on this one too, and that's a... That's a great Halloween song. Like, it's perfect for this time of year. Absolutely perfect for this time of year. There's a good mix on this one as well. Lots, lots of space on this. Where they put the vocals is really well done to it. I touch back as Wednesday's tone is pretty abrasive overall. It's not the, the cleanest tone going around, but it suits what he does extremely well. He's, he's got a knack for it, an art for it, and it's a very well performed vocal style, but it's not going to be for everyone. Putting him back a little bit in the mix and allowing everything to sort of build around it allows it to be a lot more accessible than you might think on first pass. So this is a really good mix and it's very intelligently done. Lots of space, lots of depth in, in this one too. Again, the overall tone is nice and organic, not so processed as it was on things like Necrophase that you mentioned before. Um, not an overly dense record. I like the depth of this one. It was really well done. Um, it's funny how while it's dark and it's twisted, you can also hear just how much fun this sort of stuff is to make. If I was to be bothered or had the effort or the time to do some fun. I reckon you and me, Dave, we sit down one day and just write some fucking horror fun stuff. You'll you'll bring the Wednesday 13, I'll bring the Rob Zombie, and we'll have some yeah. fun. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon you and I go nuts in that regard. We do have a field day. Um, but this is the sort of thing you'd love to be a part of. It'd just be fun to do. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just think this would be great. This is... 
uh, it's funny because I got a note here saying I'd be curious where Dave ranks this album, and you've given it a ten out of ten, which means it'd be up there for you when it comes to this one. I think it's probably one of his better releases overall, to be honest. I think this is really well done. The finale, the other side, we've touched on it. It's it's a great touching moment at the end of the thing. You actually get a sense of the person and the sense of loss that is endured over the years, and how he's you know holding the flame or, or keeping the torch going, all sort of stuff. For for all the right reasons, but at this, especially in light of what's going on at the moment with the name Murder Dolls, it's yeah. so poignant that this song had been written and, and done before that point. But the genuine heart shown while staying in the aspect of the character, it's it's hard to do, and it shows you sort of how much of himself is the character and, and vice versa at the same time. Um, this one isn't without risk, I think, but, he's, but they've taken some good risks, some good leaps in this one, and I think it's really, really well done. I think this is exactly what you want if you're a fan, but also like Dave said, I think this opens new doors for the band as well. I highly, highly recommend this one. The closing track is a nice little touch to Joey and, and to his mother as well. I just think it's just the whole thing from top to bottom. You've got the fun, the sentiment, the horror, all of it's here. So check it out for sure. I gave it an eight and a half out of 10. I picked Horrifier. I love that song. Uh, Exhume and Devour, Good Day to Be a Bad Guy. They were my standouts on this one in particular. All righty, one more review. And then we'll do a bit of a, a question from the audience and then we'll go and film some TV stuff, Dave, uh, which you'll all see later on. But for our last review for tonight is The Who with Rumble of Thunder. This is my choice for this week. Uh, 13 tracks with 68 minutes. The second studio album from the Mongolian band released September 2022 by Better Noise Music. Produced by Dashka, who also had a hand in music and lyrics as well. Three singles have been released, including Black Thunder and This Is Mongol. Uh, the band have absolutely wowed us uh, since their debut release a few years ago, which was The Gehrig, uh, and we've been eagerly, eagerly awaiting this one. Now, I did the, uh, a standalone review for The Gehrig, uh, which went off on social, so thanks to the band for sharing it too. Hopefully, I'll see this one as well. But, Dave, we've got a lot of love for this band here at the show. How did this one land for you? Oh, this is fantastic. It's absolutely mm. fantastic. You know, it's different. To their first album, but it's just as unique. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're into music based on driving percussion and hypnotic melodies, you are going to love what these guys do. Yeah. Um, yeah. To say they're a band like no other is an understatement. And it's just mm-hmm. so unique. If you're sick of everything else and you want something to just freshen up your, your listening and give you a completely yeah. different experience, then yeah, chuck this on. Because there's a lot of different moods. And, mm-hmm. you know, I can't understand the lyrics. So, I have to just take it as a tone and a melody. Yep. And but you can feel and hear the different um, emotions. Yeah. Joyous or if it's menacing, it's all mm-hmm. there. Not just in the music, but in the vocals as well. Mm-hmm. And it's it's tribal, it's hypnotic, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. It ranges from dark and ominous to bright and joyful. Mm-hmm. Now there's yeah. song uh, triangle that's got a great upbeat vibe, and then the song so "Teach cool. Me" follows up. Mm. And I could be completely off track, but I reckon that's a drinking song. "Teach Me" just sounds like a song where you want to get what drunk with your mate. I have to look it up. Dance around and just <laughs> rock that shot. <laughs> listen to the song again and tell me it's yeah. not drinking. I have to. Yeah, I didn't think of that. I'll do that now. Yeah. Now, Mother Nature, that just paints a great image in yeah. my mind. Good, good listening for late night outside of a fire pit. But the you cool know. thing about that song is that it, it really does paint the picture. You can't understand the words, but you get the whole – you see it. It's a visualisation kind of track. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't have to be ultra heavy to be powerful. 
Now, yes. I'm not a spiritual person at all, but listening to that, I, I was it was late night. I was next to the fire pit. I was on the tail end of a six pack. <laughs> I, I was getting images. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if the music or the alcohol. Probably the music. It was probably a combination <laughs> of both. But it's just what you want from music. You want it to completely absorb your psyche and make you think. Get mm. you conjuring up these images and you know, with just the title of the song alone. It's like, okay. This is mm-hmm. cool. Connected to yeah. the earth. The fire is ranging and the sky is opening and the clouds are coming and it's probably because yeah. I've been in, in, inducing fire into the atmosphere and yeah. my drinking. It's all it's weird. A, but it's a good – that's a good way to put it, though. It's one of those albums you can put on by the fire and, and really just take on a journey. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, it'll take you through different emotions. You'll relax. Mm. You'll be like, yeah. I don't want to say soundtrack music because it's not that. But no. if you like if you like scores, if you like that mm. type of diversity and going on that musical up and down, then yeah. this is similar. Like anything the from that sort of music, anything from that sort of score based through to Alien Weaponry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's like if Alien Weaponry did a soundtrack kind of a thing. Yeah. But then that would be a different thing in itself. You know? It would be too. That would be kind of cool, actually. But anyway, it's a sidetrack. <laughs> wow, this is good. The, the, the percussion on this just sounds great. It's captured mm. really well. Great rhythms, great vocals, lots of hooks just in the, mm. the chanting. And the slowest songs can be quite warning at times. Yeah. The composition is interesting. And with all the textures and instruments that they use, they're not as common or at, at, common at all to metal. And it's great to hear yeah. these songs unfold with these different textures. Um, Shihi Hatu is a good example. Mm-hmm. It builds up and I'm conditioned for that shift, that punch, that heavy moment. Mm-hmm. And it's about seven minutes long and it goes into different territories, but I don't get that punch that yeah. I'm expecting with normal metal. Mm-hmm. But it's refreshing to hear something that goes against what I'm conditioned to hear all the time. Yes. And the more you listen to that song, I still can't anticipate where it's going to go. Even when I get familiar with it, it's just, this mm-hmm. is, this is cool. This really yeah. twists with my brain, which is great. Now, yeah. I wish I could have seen this band live. I know Tim went to see him, but you know, yeah. I missed him. Hopefully, hopefully next time I'll have some cash to go see him. But mm-hmm. yeah, this is fantastic. It's eight and a half out of 10. Uh, Triangle, Teach Me, Black Thunder, Mother Nature, and Shihi Hatu. I got to brush up on my Mongolian pronunciation. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to be able to do anything much there for you, mate. Um, yeah, I, I loved the debut album. I think the only criticism I had of the debut album was the mix. I just thought it was a bit, they could have done some more work on that one to make it just more fleshed out, rounded and warm. Um, whatever critique I had of the mix last time around has been well and truly blown out of the water. This sounds fucking phenomenal. I love the depth, the space, the tones, how the vocals are laid in the mixing, the even like you can hear everything on this, like the Jews harp to the to the little flutes to to aggressive guitars and, and powerful, you know, actual like it's not they've got the tribal drums, you've also got a drum kit in there along with, you know, the traditional instruments along with electrified guitars, like it all just works. Um 
these guys don't sound like anything else out there. I know there's a lot of, you know, folk metal bands and that kind of stuff out there, but this is just something different. And it's not just the throat singing. It's just the entire presentation these guys have. It's just something special. And what I love about doing this for so long, it's funny because, Dave, you're celebrating, what, eight years on the show this year? Is that right? Yeah, close to it. Yeah, I think it's what? The other day, yeah, the other day it was eight years. Yeah, so... There you go. So you're celebrating eight years. I'm into my 11th or coming up on 12th year now of doing this stuff. And like you, I love when a band comes out and it's just different and it's riveting and engaging and this does all that and more. This is really special. What these guys do is incredibly special. Um, no second album blues. It's it's actually really uncommon to hear a band come up with a second album. When the first album is so impressive and then the second album comes out, you're like, okay, cool, it was good. You're never going to get that same high. I reckon yeah. these guys have exceeded the first album. I reckon these guys have done better than that, um, which is so rare. So, so rare. Um, don't think that because talking about, you know, traditional instruments and, and soundscapey kind of stuff, that there's no snap or punch to this. There is still plenty of that in here to take you on a journey on it. Um, there is some really nice bite with this. I love that. You know the organic and and the the snappier the, the tones on this alone have that, but the different vibes, the different shifts in songs, tempo changes. There's some genuine aggression in here too, which is really cool. Um, the opening track is is like just a pure old school hard rock song. It's it's just with different instruments. It's just it's the same composition with just played on different things. It's so well done. Um, the writing performances on this one probably a little more direct overall than than the than the debut album, but they've leaned into the rock and metal side of things a bit more on this one too. But at the same time, they're not lost any of their roots. The roots for these guys run so deep; it's not funny. And the folk side of stuff is really really strong with this, which actually I think for me aids the composition overall because it always leans into having a good. How do you put it? The 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 way it's composed, it's meant to be memorable, and it does that. And and that that aspect of things being meant to be remembered, tying it in with some you know aggressive kind of side of you know the rock and metal world, it's just so well done. And it's not that it's pop hook based; it's just impactful. The way it's meant to, it gets into your soul, like you were saying before. It's, it speaks to you, even though you don't know the language. It just speaks to you the way it, the way it plays out. Um, there's more exploration with the studio on this one than on the first one too. There's some little foley aspects with things like horses and things like that going on, but there's like I said, different layering of vocals, but also they broaden their horizons across the board and it suits them so well. It actually sets up what could come on album number three. Like I was impressed. Number one, number two is like, Hey, fuck these guys are capable of just about anything now. So let's see what happens on the, on the next step. Cause I'm already looking forward to it, but this album don't miss this one. This one's fucking stunning. Um, I love how the electric guitar is an accent for the other stuff going on in this one too. The tribal element is more prevalent on this one too. Like you really get that tribal feel with this one. There are certain parts of this that remind me of Alien Weaponry, like I referenced before. Even though you've got no idea what's being said, that emotive weight that you were mentioning too, the way it just impacts you, the way you can feel the emotion of these songs, be it happy, sad, angry, whatever, you can feel it even if you don't understand it. It, it hits you right between the eyes while you're just taking it in. But you've also got some nice surprises in this one too, like Triangle. That one is really fucking catchy. It's got an upbeat feel. It's a really positive one. It's a breath of air. Not that you need it for this album, but they just the way they've added things like that into this one to sort of spice things up and show you, hey, we can have some fun with this stuff too. This is it's just that song will be fun live. 
I think it's one of those ones where the metalheads go, yeah, I want to be fucking heavy, but fuck, this is fun kind of thing. Like, it's one of those songs where it's like, yeah, it's just so well done. So infectious. It's, again, when it comes into the whole thing about, you know, a folk song being able to, meant to get your attention, be memorable, and actually, you know, make you want to be engaged with it, that's what these guys do, but they've just heavied it up a bit. Um, fuck, I love it. The, the, all the mood and groove shifts across this one, lad, really, it just flies by. It's a 68 minute listen. It does not feel like it for a second. Um, it, it just doesn't let you go. It's enjoyable from start to finish. You can repeat spin it. There's great performances, great writing across the board in this one, too. The unique delivery from these guys makes them stand out, but they are so much more than just being the quote unquote gimmick of what they do. I love the use of harmony and gang vocals in particular on this album, but everything they do is great. Black Thunder, that song reminds me a little bit of Vikings. So the soundtrack for Vikings, the opening track of that, that song puts me in mind of that a bit as well. And it, But all these different things we're talking about, we're, we've highlighted and, and settled on different things, but everything ties together. No matter what you listen to, no matter which one you prefer, what your favorite songs are, every single part of this, it works. It ties together as a complete. There is so much going on but none of it's out of place. And that's quite remarkable, especially considering the style of music. Um, the, the fact that for Black Thunder, there's an extended version at the end of the album, that's like icing on the cake for me. I thought that was so well done, having an extended version. That was a nice touch at the end. Um, there are some great extended composition on this one too. You get some really cool different um, payoffs in this one as well. And like you said, the the, they're paying, the, the, the track Mother Nature, that feels to me like the next evolution of, you know, the song of women that they did. And then they did the version yep. with Lizzie Hale. Yep. Mother nature feels like the extension of that. So they've leaned into what worked really well for them last time around and honed into it and also expanded their horizons more. So they know it works. They're, they're exploring new things and it's all clicking and everything fits together. So well in this record, it's fucking damn near. It is perfect as far as I'm concerned. I, I can't, I can't fault this one in any way, shape, or form. From top, from top to bottom, from beginning to end, this is fantastic. Um, it grows in you the more time you spend with it as well. I think it's one of those ones where it's just going to sit there and just stay with you. It's going to be a top 10 contender for me at the end of the year for sure. I just love the vibe and the atmosphere in this one. I love ones that stand up for all the right reasons, and this one does that for sure. I, I think everyone should listen to this one at least once because you just got to have those ones in your catalogue that go, okay, something a bit different just something that just shakes it up for you and makes you appreciate different aspects of writing performances like this one does. Uh, great use of light and shade across this one. I couldn't recommend this one higher. I think this is fantastic. I'll give this one a 10 out of 10. Uh, this is Mongol, Black Thunder and Triangle, but there's not a dud moment across this one. And I think that different songs will speak to different people at different times. This is one of those albums where it's just one of those special ones. And I don't give 10s out very often. They got it this time. They didn't quite get it last time. They got it from me this time. This is a fucking step, step up. But... Start with the Garrick. Go back to the Garrick and then go to this one because I think you'll appreciate this one much more if you've heard the first album. You don't have to, but I think you will appreciate this one more if you listen to the first one beforehand. Just my thoughts on that one there. I love this one. Well done all round on this. All righty. That's the end of the reviews. Um, <clears throat> we will do you know, more expansive ways to close this out as we get toward the end of things. We have one audience question today to go through and um, Dave, I'm going to go to you with this one. It's going to be hard if you answer this one. I'm going to be curious to see what you sort of land 
on this because it's more of a, a production-based question. But you're the second longest person now aside from me, so I, I think you've got a fair bit to, to weigh in on. You've definitely got opinions to have on this sort of stuff now. You're my sort of go-to on production side of things these days. So from Snappy Holzer, who's been a follower of ours for a while now, he's gone, no offense intended, but why do you call it the hard rock show when the highest percentage of music is metal-oriented? Couldn't you do two shows, one where you actually play hard rock, as your title implies, and the other one where you play just metal, call it Metal Mayhem or something, I don't know, just a question with zero malice. And that's a fair enough question, too. We've had that one in the past. But, Dave, what are your thoughts on that? Why do you think that is? I'd be curious to see where you land on this one. Yeah, I've never thought of it before in my whole eight years. I know, I just always <laughs> consider I, I, I like genres. I like being able to classify bands, you know, Guns N' Roses and Skid Row sound together, Metallica and Megadeth sound together, one's fresh metal, one's hard rock slash glam, whatever. But um, I haven't actually sat down. I think we're doing the hard rock show, so it has to be all rock. I just mm. thought it was a cool name, and we can pretty much do the whole umbrella of what comes under that. So, yeah. I don't know, the, the heavy metal show just sounds at, not as cool as the hard rock show. <laughs> For some reason, <laughs> the hard rock show, that sounds cool, but the heavy metal show, heavy metal program sounds cool. I don't know why yeah. it sounds better than the heavy metal show. <laughs> That sounds really wanky. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, good point. But, you know, if um, people do tune into us expecting just to, um, for the hard rock, they might be disappointed if they're not into the heavier stuff. Mm. But what we do does cover pretty much everything. And we've got such a big crew now. and Everyone's got yeah. their own different taste. I think it's just been a natural progression because if I remember rightly, when I was just watching the show, it was – a lot more rock focused with I know Dennis was the metalhead pretty much. Well, we're all metalheads. You and Jimmy yeah. were as well, and Shane. But yeah. it was a lot of focus was on rock and it was metal. But I just think it was an organic shift that we started covering because we never did black metal back in the day. And Tim brought black metal mm. into it a lot more because that's what he's passionate about. And yeah. Some people have adapted to that. Some people have not adapted to it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, we cover as much as whatever it becomes available and whatever we have time for. Mm. But, um, yeah, I can understand why people might want to shift it a bit more, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> well, me being the the founding uh, member of the whole thing, when, when Shane and I started this thing years and years ago, the idea was to cover as much as we possibly could. So here's a sneaky little fun fact for people that I don't even know if you know this one, Dave. I think you do. But we actually started off being called The Rock Show, not The Hard Rock Show. Um, and the reason for the shift to The Hard Rock Show back then was, one, it stood out more. Like you had The Hard Rock Cafe and you had The Hard Rock Show. They were the only two sort of things that sort of you know stood out in that regard. You already had the metal sh- or that metal show back then, which is part of the inspiration behind The Hard Rock Show. Um but the hard rock show was that happy medium because it allowed us to cover anything. So the the point of I know it's not I know people want to want to define things and I'm not taking I think it's a great question to be honest. Um, I just think people want to define things more than we do. I don't think the purpose of I think I I know I've said it to you before I've said it to a few people over the years is that. My goal has been that whatever Triple M and Triple J don't talk about, that's where we live. 
if that makes sense. That's that's us. And that can be that gives us so much room to move. And I think that the hard rock show as an overall umbrella uh, allows us to do that. Because for example, next week the Aussie release is going to be Joshua Batten. That's gonna be a long way fucking removed from from Toxicon. Um, yeah. you know, so it gives us cover. You can go as heavy as you like and you can go as soft as you like because you've got hard and you've got rock. And it, it just allows us to be more open. I think that if you have just purely, I know hard rock could be limiting, but I just think hard rock out of all the elements you've got out there is more open. It allows for more ambiguity where if you have you know the metal hour or whatever else you want to call it or metal mayhem, it just really does lock you in. And I think that it also comes down to, while it would be nice and ideal to have like, okay, one episode a week is the rock side. The other episode is the metal side, make it easier to people to tune in. I've always enjoyed treating it more like a variety hour or whatever you want to call it. I've always enjoyed just, and it also leans into what's being released that week because there are some weeks where there's just a lot more metal released and yeah. that's what gets our attention. There are other weeks where there's a lot more rock released. And I think you're starting to force, when you're trying to talk about new music a lot more than anything else, you sort of, sort of try to, um, force things unnecessarily when you don't have to, if that makes sense. And so I, I get why people might want some clarity in that regard, but I've always just enjoyed that it's it's more of a, a variety thing. And each week you don't know what the fuck you're going to get. It's you know the whole life is like a box of chocolates. You don't know what you're going to get from us, and that's how it's pretty much going to land. Um, and I enjoy that. I enjoy the surprise that comes with it. I enjoy the fact that most of the time when I start la- laying, uh, laying out how we're going to do things it surprises all of us, including me, <laughs> what we're going to talk about this each week. And, and I just think that it is a natural progression, but also at this point in time, it's such an established name that to add different things, I think it's just more work than it requires to be at this point in time. And it's also another layer on things. We're all working day jobs and that too. It's kind of hard to sort of, I'd rather just have the one umbrella. It is all encompassing, makes it easier overall. It, it, the variety hour approach is what I've always sort of stuck to. And, um, it allows us to to just have that range of movement and be flexible in things where if you start to sort of lock yourself in more and more, just find it becomes a lot more harder than it needs to be um, in the long run. But it's a good question. I, I actually liked that one a lot. It was just a good one that popped up the other week because we were talking, it was a comment on the post where we were promoted about, you know, talking about Ozzy Osbourne, the, the, one of the last streams we did before this little break. Um so, yeah, but there'll be some weeks where it's more rock, some weeks where it's more metal. It just depends on what's coming on at that week too kind of thing. It's just it's just relative. But at the same time, with the new format rolling out, next week's episode of the live stream is going to have elements. It's going to have everything you want. It's going to have um, whatever we bring new to the table, but we're going to be talking about System of a Down, Deep Purple, and um, Status Quo. So, you know, <laughs> it's, 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 it's just the easiest way we, we've worked out to do things. I think the name is less important than the content and the people. I just think that that's where I land on that. Yeah. So that's, that's where we are. So, but no, thank you for the question. I do appreciate it. And I figured we'd answer it here. It was a good opportunity to do so. And if you've got questions and make sure you leave them in the comments wherever you're checking out this episode, but yeah, hopefully that answers your question, Snappy. Um, may not be the answer you wanted, but that's kind of where we land. So there we go. I was actually pretty happy with that, Dave. You've done well to sort of land pretty close to where I sit on things there too. So that's um, it's neatly done <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> but that about does us. These questions are going to get harder in the future. What was that? Sorry, I got a feeling these questions are going to get harder in the future. Hmm. Most likely, but uh, we'll see what happens next week. Um, if anyone 
bother to tune in on this one and, and see what they get. <laughs> It'll be a good test to see how many people are tuning into these ones now. <laughs> Ask your questions in this post, and we'll see if we can answer them all. We can't promise to answer everything. Can't promise that, but we'll see what we can do when it comes to answering some questions for you in these little deep cuts episodes every week. But that'll do us for now. Uh, like I was saying at the top, make sure you check out everything you need to know about us and everything we talk about in tonight's episode. You're going to have a, a, a lot of links in there to go and check out. So hit the description box to check out the music, check out our details so you can follow us, like, subscribe, share all the usual shit. Share us around. Help us get the word out there. It's greatly appreciated. Tell some friends about it, all that sort of stuff. Like, subscribe, comment, leave a review. Any interaction you can give us is going to be greatly helpful as well. And uh, do the same thing for our fantastic sponsors. Their details just like ours and just in the description box. So a big thank you to Squidding, Scrimping, Old Colt, and Rockstar Finance. A big thank you to them. And if you want to help us more directly, check out our Patreon page for more information on just how to do that and get some access to some cool extra content going across to that platform as well going to try and release this on tuesday night so wish me luck with that one but coming up this week on thursday night we have a live stream which we've talked about a couple of times here we're also on channel 44 in adelaide at 10 30 p.m local time and then 10 30 p.m local time in melbourne on saturday nights as well have another deep cuts on tuesday and then like i was saying before the end of before the end of this year we're going to try and do a wasp deep dive on the discography coming up before the end of the year so we'll see how we go with that no promises going to try our best but that'll about do us. Is there anything else we want to add there, Dave? We're going to wrap this up and get on out of here. I think that's about it. All right. Enough. Cool. We saved the bins for live streams and TV stuff now. I won't do a bin for this one. We have the audience questions to take us out on. So that'll do us for now. Thank you all so much for tuning into this sort of revamped format of Deep Cuts. Let us know what you thought of it. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And we'll see you all again soon, either here or in the live stream or on TV. So take your pick. But until next time, I'm Andrew. I'm Dave. As always, drink up and rock on. Thank <laughs> you.